return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I just want to bless you in Jesus' name. And it was great to have fellowship with you in White River and thank you for the wonderful dinner and a great time there uh, in, in your town. So... Praise God. I love it. I love how uh, in the middle of this pandemic, uh, our ministry has actually been enlarged. So numerically, sometimes here it's been less. But uh, spiritually, we've had more people watch around the world than ever before. And uh, that has been a blessing. And so if you're joining us, we just welcome you from wherever you're at right now. If you're in India, we're praying also for your country. We know that there are a lot of things happening there in terms of uh, not good things and stuff. We're just praying for your country and praying for your freedoms and that you'll be safe and healthy and always too. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're glad you're here tonight. Amen. You know, last Sunday, last Wednesday night, Pastor Jeannie was sharing prayer Jabez. You know, we we were driving in a car with the pastor, so we ministered in way south India. And uh, we ministered in a rural area in this church. Very, it was just a real blessing. The Spirit of God moved. And so then we, we uh, uh, got in the car to drive back to another city to minister in another church. And then Jeannie was just encouraging the pastor and then mentioned the prayer of Jabez in First Chronicles. And uh, uh, so he was listening. And then he says, so you share that in the church today. <laughs> you know. And so here... Jeannie didn't even have a note, but you know, she stood up and God just anointed her. And like she shared last Wednesday night, she shared the prayer of Jabez. You know, the word of God is universal. So if you, if you think something works here, it should work any place, right? And that's how you have to understand it and, and appropriate it and so forth. So she got up that service. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you know, I've got all these notes and stuff. And yet she was sharing with no notes. And it's also interesting, lots of times, of course, I come and I'm teaching but uh, ahead of time, she'll always share something, and then she'll, she'll come up and she'll come up, you know, I just got a scripture, I got a word. And then afterwards, people say, boy, that word was really good. And I, I shared for a longer time, but the word she had was something that just hit the mark. And I think, isn't that neat? That's how the Holy Spirit works uh, in those ways. Decros was sharing on the, the video on Sunday morning, and then he mentioned healings. Two of the ladies that he actually showed her that were healings from her last time there. Two ladies that were healed of cancer. And uh, one, uh, we were in the service, and one was at the very beginning of the trip, and the other was at the very end of the trip. Uh, but the lady, as I was sharing and so forth, she's laying on the floor in the back. And so then uh, we uh, had a word of knowledge and so forth. And then people said, that's that lady back there, you know, as far as uh, her abdominal pains and all the things like that. So we went back and we laid our hands on her and prayed. And then went to do some more ministry. And then someone went and got her some water. And she drank from the water. Well, it's the first time she swallowed in a long time. They thought, wow, she swallowed. You know, that's really good. And then she stood up. You know, and then she started walking, you know. And so, and smiling and everything. And God healed her and touched her in a wonderful way, you know. Isn't God good? 
when we were in Kumasi the last uh, the last night, the second last night or so in Kumasi, Ghana, and uh, there was a lot of young people in the meeting and so forth, and uh, we were teaching, ministering, Church of Pentecost, and anyway, then we were all done ministering, and I had been outside talking to people, came back inside, and there was a group of people, four or five people in these chairs, and then they waved me over and they said, this girl, now this girl was probably, I think, 22, and she had stomach cancer and couldn't eat or anything like that, you know, so just a college girl person there and uh, said, well, can you pray? Can you pray for her? And of course, we're always, we always want to pray. So we laid our hands on her and we prayed. And, uh, and then the next day, that must have been a Saturday night, the next day we preached and then we went back to Accra and came home. But then a few weeks later, I, I contacted the ministry there and I said, hey, about this girl and uh, what, what happened to her? And they said, oh yeah, well, we'll let, let you know. And they, so anyway, they let me know. They said, well, she went back and she started eating and now she's eating full meals and so forth and back in school and so forth. And I thought, well, hallelujah, you know, that's another good report. Uh, Ruth, the lady with colon cancer, and she was very ill and uh, couldn't eat, uh, difficult to eat and so forth. And, and a lot of times in some of these places, cancer is like a death sentence. It can't always get the treatment. But uh, we prayed for her. She was in our meetings in Shatur, India. And uh, she's from Coimbatore, but she was in these meetings in Shatur. She took a train, like an eight-hour tra- train ride to get there. And uh, we prayed for her, and she said, you know, I feel a lot better. And we thought, well, that's good, you know. But she's still praising, doing well today, praising the Lord. She's got a children's ministry down in South India. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So First Chronicles, First Chronicles, again. I think it's uh, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. So, you know, this was the chair, uh, prayer of Jabez, or Jabez that uh, Pastor Jeannie read and ministered on last week. It was just a great, great time in the Lord. Uh, was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez because she bore him in pain. So his name means pain. That's kind of a tough name. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, names mean something, you know? When you name your kids, you kind of want to name them a good name, right? And uh, so, so obviously, she had a lot of, a long childbirth or whatever, you know. And so, he called on the God of Israel. And I like this. God has no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where, you're, where you grew up, what your family background is, how much money you have, or anything like that. What matters is who you're connected to vertically. So, when we're connected to Jesus Christ, we're connected to power. We're connected to the power source. And so this is Old Testament, but he called on the God of Israel and says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And this, Pastor Jeannie said, we, we think of this as a selfish prayer, but it's not because of his heart's attitude. His heart attitude is that he wants to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. So you can't just indiscriminately say, Oh, bless me, I want a lot of things. No, no, bless me that I can be a blessing. Amen? Bless me so that I can be a blessing. God... God likes that. When he, when he knows our hearts, we want to do things for his glory. And then he said, enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence, enlarge my, my, uh, the things that I'm doing for your glory, that I can bless others, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. I was born in pain, but now I'm away from that. And God granted what he requested. And so he made this bold 
request. And what I'm just what I just want to talk about here tonight is that we serve this God of increase. All right, bless me so that I can be a blessing. Everything we have, folks, have said before, there's no U-Hauls following the hearse. Doesn't matter how much money you have, you're going to leave it to somebody else. But you want to use what you have for the glory of God. Take care of your family, of course, all those things. Yes, that's understood. But you want to use things for the, for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And so that blessing is to build the kingdom. Amen. That's what he's talking about. Bless me so that I can build the kingdom. Wouldn't it be nice? You have houses. You know, in America, we have a lot of nice houses. But it's interesting. You can drive down the street and you don't see anybody. Everybody's in their house. When I drive down the street in other countries, there's people everywhere. They're outside. Now, granted, it might be warmer. But let's say summer, it's warmer. In, it's, say, warm time in, in the United States, July. But most of the time, people are in their house. And really, your house should be a place of social activity. Your house should be a place to bless others. Have people into your house. Have people have coffee or tea or whatever. And... and uh, uh, to, to do something nice for other people, piece of pie or something, piece of cake or things like that. That's how you reach people, amen? So your blessing isn't so that it's all about you. It should be all about his kingdom. There's a reason you have what you have is to use it for his kingdom. So we serve a God of increase. Scriptures that were read, Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3. Here's a verse that says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains. Stretch it out. Don't spare. Lengthen your course. Strengthen your, uh, strengthen your stakes. If you shall expand to the right and to the left, your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Now, of course, this is speaking of the body of Christ, but the whole thing is influence, is to do more for the kingdom of God. Do more to bless people. Do more to reach people. And it's without, it's without discrimination. It's not like we're making disciples of the tabernacle. No, we want to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Because, because you can go anywhere in the world then, a disciple of Jesus, and you're going to find believers. You're going to find the church. Amen? If your loyalty is to Jesus, I'll tell you, you're always going to be blessed. When people's loyalty gets misplaced to a system, well, then things, things aren't the same way. So he says, he says, I want to enlarge your tent. I want to enlarge your influence. I want to enlarge your responsibility. Sometimes people get so busy with the world. We had prayer today, and that was one of the things. People get so busy with the world, but not with the kingdom. You want to be about your father's business. When Jesus returns, are you going to be doing his business or the world's? Some people are so in love with the world that the thought of going to heaven is like, oh, well, I don't know. I really like my life here. Well, we should be at the place where, where my life here is, we're just sojourners, right? We're passing through. This is not my ultimate home. We shouldn't treat it that way. We shouldn't act that way. We should know, hey, I, I'm going to a better place. Paul said, I, I desire to depart. Nevertheless, for your sakes, I'll remain. But I really desire to go to heaven. That's a wonderful place. That's our goal. And the goal there is to bring other people with us. Amen. Amen. They bring other people along. All right. Ephesians 3.20. We know he's a, he does a God, he's a God of exceeding abundance. Exceeding abundantly. 
God can, God is a God of increase. He does so much for his glory. Amen. And it's according to the power that works in us. So as we yield to him, he wants to be that God of increase through us to touch other people's lives. Amen. All right. And then Psalm 115, verse 14. This was also read. The Lord will give you increase more and more, you and your children. All right. Say increase. And it says more and more. He wants to increase us. He wants to do more with who we are. He wants to stretch us. Stretching is good, right? Do you know your muscles? Your muscles are like, in a, a simplistic way, like a rubber band. But, but your muscles have to stretch. The older you get, the older you get, the floor seems farther away. You know what I mean? The floor, the floor is like, okay, let's see, I'll get that. Just a minute. <clears throat> I'll get that. You know, it's, it's because your muscles haven't stretched as much. So what do you have to do? You have to stretch your muscles. Now, some people think that that's painful. It's not painful. It's, it's just part of stretching. It might feel uncomfortable, but that's how you get more out of your muscles, is to stretch them. Turn your neighbor and say, you need to stretch. See, spiritually, spiritually, lots of Christians, they come thinking they're serving God because they come to church and they sit and their muscles really are atrophied. So, so they, they haven't witnessed anybody in a long time. They haven't prayed in anybody for a long time, prayed for someone. So their muscles are atrophied. And so they, they, they move, you know, like, like they're, they're rigid rather than flowing in the spirit. So he wants to increase us more and more. He wants to stretch us for his glory. Amen? Okay, now let's look at 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. There's a great door opened, Paul said. So God opens doors. God is a God of increase. God is a God of opportunity. And this is like a Kairos thing, but he opens these doors for us so that we can do things for his glory. Amen? But then he adds this line to it, and there are many adversaries. So in other words, in other words, anytime, anytime you want to advance for the kingdom, so we know the prayer Jabez, we know he wants to bless us, we know he wants to enlarge us, we know he wants to do great things, but you also have to understand then that with that, the enemy wants to stop you from doing that. Because lots of people think, well, if that's the case, then why isn't that happening? It doesn't happen because people allow the enemy to hold them back. So there's a door open, there's adversaries. The focal point isn't the adversaries, but understanding there may be pressure. There might be pressure. There might be hindrances. There might be things coming this way, like a little roadblock to try to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. If everything was just automatic, then everybody would do it. Right? Everybody would do it. If, if witnessing was automatic, everybody would witness. But most people, most people do not witness. Most people. That's just, I think we all understand that, right? You don't see lots of Christians witnessing. You don't see Christians telling people about Jesus and handing out a tract or doing something like that. It's actually the abnormal rather than the norm. So a door... There's an effective door for ministry. It's a big opportunity. It's open. Boom, there it is. It's open. 
So what prevents me from going to the door? I have to get by the adversary. Bible says your adversary is the devil. So lots of people, folks, think about this. Think of the spiritual battle even in worship. People say, yeah, I like to worship. And then they stand in a worship service like this and their mouth is closed. No, you don't like to worship. You're not worshiping. People think it's like a mental calisthenic. Well, I'm, I'm doing it up here. Well, I'm sorry, that's not worship. Worship is something that's active. You're doing it. You're singing. Your, your, your body's moving. Your hands are moving. Your arms are moving. Worship is an active thing. So the thing that prevents us is our pride. Okay, that's an adversary. <clears throat> that's something that tries to stop us. Or something else could prevent us. It could be, could be uh, time, or it could be money, or it could be something like that. But nevertheless, the door is open. It's an effectual door, and it's a big door. And I really believe that God is not a God, He's not a respecter of persons. So I really believe He wants to use all of us. He wants to use all of us where we work, where we live, people we know. I mean, He's not asking something hard like, uh, if you jumping up and down 50 times and run around the building 20 times and go do this and that and go. He's not asking something hard. He'll ask us something we can do. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do something. <laughs> you can do something. And we shouldn't make it complicated. In fact, we shouldn't think too much about it. Now, let's look at a story here. Because there's border bullies. The border bullies want to stop us, you know, because we make a declaration, we're going to do this, and then there's a, the devil will, like, put obstacles to say, no, you can't go past that. No, you can't do that. It's a border bully. Let's, let's look at 1 Samuel a second. I was reading 1 Samuel this week, and I, lo- I love the story. <clears throat> but David, you know, was the least of his brothers. He wasn't even invited to his own ordination. And, <clears throat> and they had to go seek him out. Of course, Samuel anoints him with oil and so on and so forth. You know that. But then we come to this place that David's dad sends him, says, hey, let's check out how your brothers are doing. So here's, take some bread and take some cheese and so forth and go, go, go to the captain of the host and so forth and then find out what's going on. So David does that and he leaves the sheep with somebody else and he goes in. And of course, his brothers right away think, what are you doing here? You're too young to be here. You shouldn't be here. You're little, all these things like that. And, and then David hears the challenge of Goliath. Are you familiar with that, right? So Goliath comes out and he said, listen, rather than all of us fighting, why don't just I fight, you pick a man, we'll fight, the winner takes all. If you win, we're your servants. I win, you're our servants. Let's make this simple. Let's, we don't have to kill a bunch of people. Let's just, let's just come down that one person is going to die. All right, so Goliath, of course, is a man of huge stature. So he's... He, he looks like uh, the devil always wants to make things look big, right? He wants to make things look imposing. He wants to make things look impossible. And so he goes in and he brings this challenge to the children of Israel. And he says, I defy the armies of Israel this day to give me a man that we may fight together. So he brings this big challenge. And everybody hears it. You know, they're watching as he, as he says this. Let's go to the next verses then. And so then he says, the Philistine drew near, and he presented himself 40 days, morning and evenings. Now, here's an interesting thing. The door had been opened up. There was a great opportunity, but there was an adversary. And sometimes we can outthink or think ourselves out of doing something for God. We can think so much, think so much, think so much. 
why all the reasons why we can't do it rather than why we can. What happened here? Forty days. Think of this now. Forty days pass. They see, they hear the first thing, you know, 40 days. But now it's morning. He comes out in the morning. He comes out in the evening. Who's a good mathematician? It's 40 times 2. 80. So, they've heard 80 bad reports. 80 bad reports. They've listened to it. And every day, the more they listen or the more they focus on the adversary, the more fearful they become. Isn't it something when Jesus called Peter out of the boat, he just said, come. Good thing Peter didn't think about it. What did he do? He just got, he got, he got a leg out of the boat. Someone in India said to me, they said, you should preach a message. One leg out of the boat, you know. Get out of the boat. And then get the other leg out of the boat. Now, I don't know about you, but these boats, you know, you had to climb out of them. But his eyes were on Jesus. I don't think he thought about it. He didn't think about it until all of a sudden he took his eyes off Jesus and saw the wind and the waves and thought, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sunk. Turn your neighbor and say, don't think too much. Your mind is a wonderful thing. Your mind is a wonderful thing, but it should not cancel out the blessing of God. So they heard 80 bad reports, all right? So fear is choking the word, or fear is choking the life of God out of them, so that they become inactive. Let's go to the next verses. So David comes, as he talked with, with his brothers and the people, the champion Goliath presented himself again, coming up from the armies of Israel. He spoke according to the same words. Okay, now, so David now is hearing this for the very first time. He's heard it once. And David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the men, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Now, look at this. These are trained soldiers. Fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. You know, folks, think about, think of even COVID, you know. We saw some people, some people like this. You come walking, don't get near me, don't get near me. I'm thinking, whoa, you need some peace. Fear overtook them. They allowed fear to, to grab their minds. There are some people that didn't leave their house for one year. Think about that. They never left their house for one year. There have been more suicides in the last year, skyrocketing way up here than a long time. The mental health issue is a crisis because everybody's ah! because of fear. It breeds fear. Everybody's afraid of something. Oh, there might be a germ over there. There might be a germ. Folks, there are germs everywhere and there always have been. Hello. That's why you have an immune system. Doesn't mean we should be ignorant, but you have an immune system. Good, you know, we don't even know what we touch overseas half the time. I mean, we're touching all kinds of things. Sometimes we don't feel good after we eat or something. We just pray, Lord, thank you for healing me, whatever I ate. But we have an immune system. You can't live in fear. David. Now, these guys, these are trained soldiers, but they listen, they listen, they listen, they listen. And they work themselves into a panic about what some God wanted to do. They fled, they ran, they were dreadfully afraid, and these are the soldiers of Israel. Trained soldiers. David is a trained shepherd. Listening to the voice of God, he has no soldier experience, none. He hears one bad report, and he decides to act. It's a choice, amen? Isn't that right? Verse 26, David says this. He said, 
What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistines? And he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, he has no covenant. He's not anointed of God. He is small. The promises of God are much bigger than him. Who is this guy that he should defy the armies of the living God? In other words, he puts it in perspective and say, who's, who's this guy? David hears one bad report, but he says, who is this pagan that's going to say this? And so what did David do? While David is there, young guy, young kid, everybody's panicked, and he's standing there in the midst of this commotion doing what? He's pushing back against fear. He's pushing back against the adversary. Fear, fear brings torment. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Who was the guy in World War II says the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? You know, you have to think about what are you, what are you going to do? Don't allow fear to control your life or your actions. Push back. Say push back. All David did was push back. Different times in our life we've had to push back. You know, when you get a bad report, a doctor's report or something, push back against the doctor's report. Don't embrace it. Don't say, oh, well, the doctor said, like, their word is God. Their word isn't God. They're just a doctor. You know, who's this to defy the armies of the living God? Who is this person? Who's this pagan? 1 Corinthians 17, or 1 Samuel, excuse me, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. So David comes. And he says, you come to me, with, to me with a sword and a spear, the javelin, and I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. whole different way to look at it. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So what did David do? He spoke to his mountain. So God wants to bless us. He wants to increase us. But we also have to know that we're offensive in this thing. We're pushing forward. We're claiming the promises of God. We're going into our promised land, the Bible. We're claiming His promises for ourselves. We have to be offensive. You have to do something. You have to speak something. In your home, you have to speak something. When our kids were little, we'd speak over them every night. When our grandchildren are around now, we'll speak over them. We'll speak over the things we get from the Lord, but just speak blessings on their life. You don't want to focus on the negative or the problem or the adversary. You want to focus on the promise. You have to speak to the mountains. And that's what David did there. He says, you come out with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. So lots of Christians, they elevate the voice of the world higher than the word of God. When we should just do it the opposite. No, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Wow. Now I'm on firm ground. And on this ground, as I stand here, I will walk in victory. Amen. If I walk that way, then what happens is I push against the border bullies to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. Do I have verse 47 and 48 up there? Do I have those verses? Okay, thank you. So then David, or David says this. Everybody's going to know the Lord doesn't save with the sword or the spear. The battle is the Lord's. He'll give you into our hands. And when the Philistine got up, so it's like, it's like, you know, here's the challenge. There's the challenge. It's like the prophets of Baal, Elijah gave them a challenge, and the prophets of Baal thought they were right. They accepted the challenge. 
They accepted the challenge. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Our God is going to answer by fire. We'll accept that challenge. And they did it. And they prayed. And they danced around the altar. And they cut themselves and so forth. And it didn't happen. And finally he said, are you done now? Are you done now? Okay, then they doused the sacrifice with water and so forth. And he called down fire and it happened. The devil might accept your challenge. You just have to push back. The Philistine, the, the, this big guy, he rises. All right, let's go. Bring it on. You little dog. That's how he saw David. You're just a little dog. I'll bring it on. I'll feed you to the birds. But when he got up, when the Philistine rose, he's coming to meet David. And David hurries and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran toward the open door. He ran toward the opportunity. And you know the rest of the story. There was a great victory. Amen? So pick your mountain that you have. Mark 11. Mark 11 says we speak to the mountain. All right? So, so, so fears, false evidence appear, fear, appearing evil. There's all kinds of fears that attack us. But what kind of mountains would hold you back? I like speaking to those mountains. So I, I'm speaking things all the time that, that there's open doors. But realizing then I can walk through that door. So, so Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, you're speaking something out loud to the mountain, which is something so big, it's impossible in the natural to move. But in the supernatural, everything's possible. David says, this battle is the Lord's. I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle. So you speak to the mountain. And he said, be removed, be cast into the sea. So and so forth. But he says, you believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And all he's doing is posturing himself to conquer his border bullies. What did, uh, I'm trying to think, was it uh, uh, Gideon or something? Or, no, the, the children of Israel. As they're going in the promised land and they saw themselves, I'm just a grasshopper. I'm just a grasshopper. And then they even concluded, and that's how we were in their eyes, as if they had coffee. How do you see us? Oh, we look like grasshoppers to you too? Okay, yeah. So they make, they make this assumption, and so we were in their eyes too. We were just grasshoppers. You know, like, a, just, just, they're just going to stomp on us. I mean, I mean, they drew all the wrong conclusions. And they were the spiritual leaders, but the conclusions were wrong. So we want us weigh ourselves down on the fact of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Philippians says, you know, it says, forget the past. Well, we've all had times where maybe something didn't go right. But at least, I think of Peter, at least he got out of the boat. You know, Peter said, boy, he doubted and so forth. Well, he got out of the boat, though. He got out of the boat and he did walk on water. And I happen to think they walked back on water. I don't think Jesus was dragging him back through the water, you know, like a little skier or carrying him, the fireman's carry, you know, back to the boat. I think they both walked back on water, back to the boat. I mean, I respect the, the fact that the guy did it, but, but you know, we, we can do these things. You've got to forget the past. You've got to look forward and you've got to realize, I can do this. I can do this. With God's help, I can do this. He will help us. He is a God of increase. He's a God of more than enough. And this is a lifelong walk. So this isn't something like, okay, 
I believe it tonight. It's, it's just it's done. It's going to happen right now. No, it's a lifelong walk. And as we walk, we're possessing ground that is ours. Ground of good health. Ground of blessing. Ground of influence. Ground of things, positions. Many times people get promoted and they think, wow, I've got this promotion, like more money. Maybe the promotion is for more influence. To be a bigger influence in other people. Just think about it anyway tonight. Close your eyes for a second. God, I believe, is a God of increase. He is opening doors in front of us. There may be obstacles. However, he's not opening the door just to tantalize you. He's opening opportunities to bless us so that we can be a further blessing to this world, to the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you tonight for increase. I thank you tonight that you give us the power of the Holy Ghost, that you help us to overcome in all things. You said, Lord, we are overcomers. So in Revelation, the overcomers receive, Lord, a blessing. Father, we thank you that we in you are overcomers. That when we have faith, we're overcomers. We overcome this world. We don't succumb to it, we overcome it. So we thank you tonight for victory. We thank you for more peace than we've ever had before. We thank you for less fear. Hallelujah. We thank you for more opportunities. We thank you for more resources. We thank you, Lord, for more ideas. Ideas to be a blessing. Ideas to do something for somebody else. We just thank you, Lord, for creative influence. And I thank you for people, Lord, here, watching, listening, Lord. I thank you for touching their hearts, enlarging their borders, enlarging their influence, enlarging their lives, Lord God, for your glory. I thank you for blessing them tonight in the name of Jesus. And I thank you we're not taking one more step backwards, but we're taking many steps forwards in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, we're walking through many doors, many doors, big doors, hallelujah, for your glory and honor. I thank you for your blessing on your people, Lord God. We receive it. We give you praise, Lord, for who you are. And we thank you tonight for the answers in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you tonight. We thank you for coming out tonight. It's a good night. Amen. It's a good night. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Our God is an awesome God. He from heaven above. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.